Welcome to Probing for September 2023, where we are doing a review discussion and spoiler cast of Greg Newkirk, Daniel Newkirk, and Carl Pfeiffer's The Unbinding. You know, my old crotch pants. My old crotch pants? Yeah, well, I was unbinding the crotch pants. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, that gave me the image of, uh, I can't remember what movie it's from, but it was like a dude, it's like it was some comedy, and like a dude turns around and has like a like a leather like a leather jockey style bikini underwear but it has like laces up the front <laughs> it's just like it like it smash cuts and goes like and it's like a big surprise that it's a dick or something I can't remember what right 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 and it's not police academy that feels like an 80s movie like yes. licensed to drive or yes like, uh, yeah yeah because there was the one where they have the cadillac but no it was like driving school Oh, um, remember that one? Not summer school. Um, no, no, it was like, yeah, because they're like at, it's yes. like with Bill Murray's brother. Yes. Uh, that was called something school. Uh, driving. Anyways, yeah, because like yeah, the, uh, the moving t- violations. Moving violations. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the like instructor and then the girl are like into some like BDSM stuff. Oh, yeah. Because he yeah. like, like looks like the straight cut like principal yes. guy but then he's like wearing like a leather nothing kind of thing at some yeah. point yeah i truly can't that's crazy well of course a billion as i look up on google images it's uh, moving violations but then it's it's mostly summer school which is also a driving lessons well no summer school or no, it's everything the one girl has driving lessons exactly yeah because she's like from a foreign country so she's right. trying to get like her learner's permit or whatever yeah yeah Oh yeah, the two stoner surfer dudes or whatever in the back. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, chainsaw <laughs> and something else. John Murray. Wow. Yeah, this is yeah. Moving violations is much older than uh, three or four years older than summer school. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, yeah. Since it's it's like yeah, it's like I can picture it, but I just can't. I truly can't uh, place where it is. I'll have to watch moving violations and see if that's what it is. But well, and then there's the one with. Corey Haim, where they have like, and Corey Feldman, yes, license to drive. That is license to drive. Yeah, where uh, Jennifer, whatever her name is from, um, Ace Ventura Two, she plays Mercedes. Her name is Mercedes, (laughs) right, right, right. Because she like pukes in the car and she's drunk. Yeah, they 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 take her home because she's drunk, but they put her like in the trunk of the car. (laughs) Like all this, all this uh, suggestive antics ensue. Yeah, but uh, and yeah, has the his mom is uh, what Carol was her name Carol Kane or something like that. She's the, mm. the witch, you know, the witch wife in uh, Princess Bride. She's the ghost of Christmas past in Scrooged with Bill Murray. Right, um, right, 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 but, right. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of oh yeah, she's pregnant, and there's like a lot of mashed potatoes on in there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he's and she's like loading it up with ketchup and like her yeah, husband all the gross, yeah. all disgusting. <laughs> I always remember the food in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the 80s did that a lot. The 80s really yeah, like, zoomed played. in on 
I feel like the home mom cooking, like there was a resurgence with like that. Oh, Julia Childs and like yeah, all yeah. the moms trying to like make French or just crazy weird shit. Yes. But then playing up how gross everything is they're actually making. It was, yeah, it was like taking the like post, you know, World War II housewife kind of thing, but then mixing it with the automation and factory food mass market making right. like shit food and condiments yeah. and food science and and uh just showing how food is kind of a nightmare and right, <laughs> right, right. it just gets more filled with preservatives and shit and stuff like that so then it fills you with more shit right um, got the poops so, yeah but um Oh, speaking of good food, I'll have to tell you about, uh, I'm not sure if you ever went, this is inside baseball, but, uh, there's a poke place called Yoroko cafe over on, on, uh, Bristol and Costa Mesa there with all the, all that stuff. It's right. It's right in the parking lot of Garf's, which is a, a shitty sports bar. That's <laughs> so across the street from the, the market that we would go to with the Korean burrito place and the ramen. Right. Right. There. Right. It's, it's like kind of bar. where the Wahoos is and stuff. Yes. It's on the, but other, other directly across from. Um, the capital noodle and Hashigo across Bristol. Right. But Hashigo also closed down and being turned into a curried place, a curry rice place. Curry, curry rice. Serving, <laughs> yes, serving little people of all disabilities and abilities. Yeah, we'll have to do some cosplay there, make yeah. some content. <laughs> Come on, you get it. Get yeah. out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I just you want my curry rice. <laughs> uh, but man, that was probably the best poke i've ever had it was very good oh nice so I'll, I'll let well, yeah. you know. that but, costa mesa area very large japanese population so mm-hmm. they know how to do it up right bleeding into irvine south county carlotta i mean basically spreading from garden grove at westminster all sorts of pan pan asian um well, yeah, it's like Costa Mesa and Torrance are like the big Japanese populations, and then Fountain Valley has like a Thai population, then Garden yeah, Grove yeah. is like Filipino and Korean, and then obviously Westminster is Vietnamese. And over where we were in Long Beach, we were right next to Little Cambodia, which is where mm. the, the the pink donut box uh, yeah. started. So, um, but uh, but Cambodia town itself, a demilitarized zone. Did Very you ever watch Donut King? Did we watch that? Uh, I don't know. Was it like a long time ago or recently? A couple years, maybe. Probably not. If I, if I was going to, like, for some reason, that made me think of, uh, or no, I'm thinking of King Corn, that which was like, yeah, King of Corn really Netflix old. streaming, yeah. uh, I think. <laughs> no, watch Donut King because that's all about how Cambodia started donut shops. Got it. It's yeah. like the guy who did it all. Oh, nice. And nice. it's a documentary and it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, oh, it was a PBS documentary. Um, the couple, the married couple that started Panda Express and live way out on the east side of L.A. where uh, in the you know, San Gabriel area where uh, there's, you know, that's kind of the West Coast capital of Chinese food, of like authentic Chinese food and restaurants. And because uh, all the the Panda Express guy came out and then a bunch of other families came out, but they well, uh, apparently just donated a hundred million dollars to either like Cedar Sinai or some like one singular cancer research hospital. Mm. And it's like the world record for the largest single donation ever. So oh, nice. Another movie. Did you watch searching for general? So 
a long yeah that was a while back on early netflix i believe yeah because that was yeah. good because that yeah that again was it was like how chinese restaurants started in america and yeah then, yeah yeah they were it was like a not in a bad way but like a mafia yes exactly um which oddly king the donut king kind of goes in a similar direction but it's just like yeah here you go to this town and you will set up your chinese restaurant yeah. this is the game plan yeah and, yeah you know yeah, there was like a, a system <laughs> that immigrants could come over and kind of plug into and actually yeah. make their way. Um, an immigrant story with a glazed twist. <laughs> with a sweet finish. Oh, Ted Nyoy is his name. Um, but uh, speaking of sweets, um, this, uh, this documentary, The Unbinding, uh, is... Uh, I just watched it again. Steve watched it for the first time. Uh, and, uh, man, it's like, it's a, it's a very, very touching, uh, and, uh, very like if I could kind of describe it as one in one phrase, well, maybe we'll do like, you know, five, 10 minutes of like spoiler free stuff in the beginning of like highlight, then, you know, tell people to go watch it. Cause I would recommend it now anyway, but, uh, before you listen to this, but, uh, it is like the true antithesis of, ghost adventures like the true like like it is like showcasing a completely different goal for dealing with the paranormal a completely different emotional energy uh a completely different way of dealing with or understanding uh fear basically not being like ghost racists and lumping them all it's uh completely antithetical in a like a religious sense where ghost adventures is very judeo-christian uh archetypical in their you know assumptions that all all uh, negative things are demons or murderous native americans or whatever um and uh uh yeah but uh it's it's definitely like the the complete opposite um it's a lot more than that too but the complete opposite of of the most popular paranormal shows which is ghost adventure right now so um yeah it's from that Up aspect for, uh, uh reality tv show of the year Say that again. Uh, Ghost Adventures up for reality TV show oh, yeah. of the year. Please vote for reality <laughs> TV show of the year. Here's another Instagram story of me on the weights. It's like all he posts anymore is yeah. people in front of his uh, uh, museum and then him doing fucking curls and skull crushing. <laughs> It's <laughs> complete vanity uh, uh, exercises. Like no, no um, functional lifts, no like Olympic lifts. Just, just pure hard body chest, chest buys and tries, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But uh, uh, he does have his pictures of Gracie, his rescue dog, who's very cute, though. Right, right. Um, quite a bit. But what, what, uh, what are your trying to keep this first few minutes kind of like spoiler free? But what did you, what did you think overall seeing it? Uh, it was good. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about it. So I try and do that on movies, especially if it's like, Oh, this is going to be good or interesting. Just, I don't, I just want to let the movie unfold and get, you know, that impression. Um, so yeah, I wasn't really sure. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was my sound bite. Ender <laughs> um, impressions and sensations. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought it was really good. Um, again, the evidence they collect, I believe they collected it. But again, I would be interested in, you know, the dump debunker community, whatever, mm -hmm. to explain away and then 
certain things are like, well, you just, they just, they, they made it up right there. So there's the evidence they get where I'm like, this is very crazy. And I believe them and I definitely want to believe him. It's not that I don't, but it's just like, again, this is probably real. <laughs> uh, which then like they say, you know, we're tapping into something who knows what, um, yeah, I think it paced well, um, move, move through, you know, as a movie, it was very, very well done, uh, documentary blending, you know, actual footage with, you know, kind of the, the reenactments and things of that nature. Um, since we were recording today, I watched it during the day and then it was a rental. So had my wife watch it. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a little more scary than I thought it was going to be, but she was like, I just wish the original, the original owners took more photos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's like, they're in contact. I'm like, they're kind of in contact because they were like more just messaging through Reddit. And then they just mailed them this thing and then kind of disappeared. Right. right. Yes. They, yeah. So it wasn't like. They basically was, had a, like a, 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 like a, a week or two of like scary fucking experiences. And we're like, we got to get the fucking rid of this thing. Right. But I mean, Got- like with, um, um, Greg and Dana Newkirk, it was just like mostly DMs through Reddit and then they just kind of vaporized, right? Yes. Yeah. They, they stopped uh, contact with them. Like once it was gone and they, yeah. Uh, and they mailed it to their PO box. So yeah, she was just like, I wish. And I was, that's where I was just like, it's, you know, they're in contact, but it was through a weird thing anyway. Right. <laughs> so exactly. I don't know like yes, what kind exactly. of follow up, yeah, yeah. but that they, had, if those original people could have documented, but I think they're just in another state of mind that, Yes. Uh, they probably weren't thinking about, it. but outside of that, I mean, the, the new Kirks obviously gathered a lot of evidence, which is why they made this and took so long because it was like over the years of just like, what the hell's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, the, I mean, yeah, totally. I wish that the original people had videotaped and whatever, but they were not paranormal investigators. Um, and, and then the one guy, you know, said that his friend who actually took it home, was completely a hundred percent a skeptic. And so when you're that skeptical, you're not going to, your first instinct is to, Oh, let's document all of this stuff, you know, the weirdness. Yeah. Um, and I, and I would say that the harder you are <laughs> as a skeptic, <laughs> <laughs> if you're experiencing paranormal, uh, activity with huge boner, then it's going to be, <laughs> I guarantee you can't experience this paranormal activity and not jerk <laughs> and come in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> These ghosts will make you come in 30 <laughs> seconds. Um, <laughs> and it's just the, the big eyed and then like the skeleton flashing over the face. Like, <laughs> yeah, the ghost is stuck in the washing machine. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like the Skeletor comes up like an actual like AI created He-Man Skeletor comes right. up behind it. Um, yeah. A physical bone comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then big booty grimace uh, is just jerking off into a milkshake. Okay. I literally was instead of Skeletor, I was gonna say grimace, but I was like, yeah, that's yeah. not really paranormal. No, so, it, but it kind of is because it's in the zeitgeist. Making, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, no, Skeletor is better than grimace. As I was <laughs> coming right. up with the stupid scenario. Hey, he's everywhere. Their, their marketing worked. Okay, <laughs> I bought one shake. There you go, McDonald's. <laughs> Basically, it's just like with Mario and with Sonic the Hedgehog. Just put a big ass on, right? On, on a, on a, a goofy looking character. character, or children's character, and it's uh, it's gonna go viral. But yeah, 
Well, and like you, you like you brought up, I totally forgot the whole Bowsette craze. That oh, yeah, running around. Yes, so. God, that was so massive for like a couple months, and then it just yeah. kind of like completely. Disappeared. I think it was like when people officially were like this, or like Mario, or like the Mario people for sh- or Nintendo officially yeah. said it. Bowsette is not part of the zeitgeist, like or the yes. whatever. Yeah. It's not canon. <laughs> canon, yeah. <laughs> yes, but Rule Thirty Four would have you believe otherwise. Yeah. Um, but uh but, but oh yeah also nintendo notorious for not that it can stop memes but nintendo is notorious for um cease and desist and uh right right persecuting pros- persecuting po- prosecuting uh you know invalid license yeah. you know, fraudsters and stuff but um but yeah it, it uh the um the experiences from the people uh that first and this is all kind of the beginning so um uh well i don't know at this point well at this point i don't know we're, we're like 10 minutes yeah in. so we're gonna say if you haven't watched it and you don't want spoilers stop now yes stop now it is on all pretty pretty much all streaming platforms um i bought it on amazon for 10 bucks to own it i almost bought it but i rented it but yeah ten dollars was nothing so. yeah very very i'm like i'm gonna watch this again and whatever you know i'll probably share it or something like that so um yeah i just bought it and uh uh it is very much worth it. Um, I think it's four ninety nine to rent on Amazon right now. Yeah. I think same or three, at whatever. Yeah, but um, uh, very much worth it. It's it to describe it as as Greg described it at the um uh or on on his Twitter. Sorry, he said that uh, if Hellier was compa- if you were comparing the new Kirk, you know, Pfeiffer, Randall crew to the x-files hellier is like the the smoking man and hybrid like the main alien lore storyline right and then this is one of the monsters of the week episodes in their uh paranormal hunting experience right so um it's uh it's a it's a it's an encapsulated thing you don't have to know anything else about hellier or the new kirks or whatever and in fact would be this would be a very good thing to show somebody who is like oh i like horror stuff right yeah like oh here's this documentary and then if they like it also these guys have whatever 15 episodes of this really gnarly documentary that's about the nature of the paranormal right this kind of meta meta analysis uh about the paranormal and how uh existence and consciousness work and you know if there are non-human intelligences are they part of us uh you know are they part us part something else are they all made up by us are they all something else and that's really what this the unbinding deals with quite a bit um but yeah definitely uh uh highly recommend this um when i went and saw the premiere um yeah i was shocked that it was i mean it's an hour and 38 minutes or something which is not crazy long but yeah uh but it felt it it like went by really fast but also at the same time felt like a really rich mini series like a like a like a three or four episode thing yeah. i don't know why but um probably because i was used to like hellier and hellier's like i think half hour or 40 minute kind of chunk episodes or yeah they're like decent definitely over a half an hour i, I mean yeah i could be wrong but i feel like yeah they're in that 40 ish yeah 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 and each yeah. episode was like okay i mean for the most part was like okay something something's happening and it's different enough from like each episode is not like fully standalone but they're like not just, oh, hey, we're still at the same spot again. Here's the next right. episode. Right, right, right. Yeah, it wasn't three episodes like of filler, a, you know, a yeah. ritual or something like that. So, um, 
but uh, but yeah, highly recommend. Uh, end spoiler free section in three, two, one. So I can. Um, <laughs> uh, that the oh that is wet. Uh, no, but, <laughs> um, yeah, the to get into the kind of meat of what what the unbinding is about. Um, the the paranormal museum of the occult, you know, run by Greg and Dana Newkirk of Hellier fame. Uh, they've been on Kindred Spirits, and and uh, they're they're part of the of the newer kind of uh, post ghost adventures. Um, post ghost, what was it? What was the original one? Ghost hunters. Uh, yeah, I always get mixed up with. Yeah, because they uh, all sound the same. Those like yeah, those blue collar dudes that became ghost hunters in like two thousand four or whatever. But uh, they're kind of the post that post reality TV, um, you know, discovery, travel, whatever channels, um, style of ghost investigation, of paranormal investigation, and uh, they are trying to be more open minded. They are trying to be less judeo-christian oriented and more open to just whatever the the uh entity whatever the experiencers whatever whatever it is just listening to it kind of at face value and then investigating from there right so um trying not to go into a place and assume it's this this or that or whatever first and then make the story fit the episode or whatever they're putting out there right so um, and again, hell you're, if, if you haven't watched it, I mean, that's, it's this, it's an example of if you follow the paranormal, uh, down its own path that it leads you, if you're open to it, leading you down a path, it won't always take you or rarely take you where you want to go, but it will kind of lead you many times indirectly and through a very maze like pattern to a place that you needed, right? But you could ne- you could never ever predict that that's what you would have needed, right? And so, right. Um, but we'll leave, you know, we've, we've covered Hellier. You can always go back if you're new to the Patreon. You could even go into our um, uh, free feed. I think we I think we posted that uh, Hellier spoiler cast like, I don't know, a year after we put it on Patreon or something on the free feed. But um, but uh, yeah, this, this, uh, this case is a perfect example of that. Um, and and the greatest part about it is like all of the 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 one eightying that kind of happens with the new Kirks, like being part of the kind of new school, the new more the more the actually the more original kind of like new thought, which then got turned into the phrase new age, um, more into that kind of like deistic or or as like anthony peak or some esotericist would say say a more like egregorial like a more kind of co-created thought form uh created reality um that these other intelligence intelligences do exist in as as their own thing but when they interact with us they they take the form of other things so that they can manifest communicate whatever you know somehow somehow uh, interact with us in some way become real quote unquote to us right and so uh but but greg and dana were very much of the mindset that um most things are mostly haunted by the power of the human psyche which is still like magical and paranormal in and of itself right that your energy can be input into something so much and then it tends to be reflected back at you and so but then at the same time like it's like okay well then what is the mechanism 
you know, if, if, if it reflects back at you, there has to be something out there <laughs> for it to bounce off of, right? It can't just be purely you and inside, you know, quote, inside your head, right? And so they've, they've always been a little more, it's, it's like a sliding scale. So if you're saying like, let's say not paranormal real or not, but paranormal completely projected by your own psyche is on one end. And on the other end is there is almost nothing to do with your own psyche and there are actual uh, intelligences and distinct consciousness out there that have that do not need you to be able to be uh, to interact with you on this plane. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. They can, you know, whatever. Right. So they've always been kind of like on the the bottom half of that, but kind of sliding from the the bottom quarter to maybe up to the middle. And uh, but then with this one, they slide much more by the end of it um, towards the other uh, the other end again, not to the extreme, but um, which is again, part of what makes their stuff so interesting is they're just kind of taking it as they go and allowing it right. to, to shape, like to shape very subtly shape. Um, although this whole, whole documentary was how it like, you know, really carved it differently for them. But, um, yeah, cause it starts off with like them giving, you know, maybe 15 ish minutes of backstory of just like, this is who we are. Like, Yes, again, yeah, setting yeah. the stage for anyone who might not know them and just come across this and be like, these guys are liars, they're fake. You know, yes, they definitely exactly. set up who they are, what they're about, how they've gotten to this point in their lives and why this event or events or whatever moment with this item are so significant because they deal with all this shit and have been doing it. And to your point, they're like, yeah, we just kind of did it for fun and took it more seriously and but don't want to take it too seriously, but you know, all the things. Yeah. And then you kind of watch, okay, we're at that point. And then they, you know, get in possession of the item. Then it's sort of all the craziness over what a couple years. Yes. Yeah. About two years. And then, uh, and then finding out more information post yeah, probably in 2022 when they're like editing and you know, the principal yeah. photography for this was all finished and finding all these crazy connections, which is also what happened with Hellier too, right? right? Like each of the seasons that would finish all these other little things would wrap up. And so like the last 15 minutes of the last episodes of those two seasons are all like this movie where they're like, so that was the end of the main story, but then all this other shit and info like came out and all linked up and they tell you how that is. But yeah, but yeah that first 15 minutes, especially like you were saying, goes to establish who they are so that you don't have to know them from anything else, which is just good, good filmmaking, right? You don't, you shouldn't expect people to, be part of the the hellier cinematic universe and have to watch all this stuff right hey, they but, aren't famous enough to just start talking about things and exactly. you know shit that people don't care about and, yeah know, their lives so i'm zach this is aaron you know we're talking about this is our donut documentary so let's go and like that's how they would do a fucking donut documentary is just like you know you should know that we're the ghost adventures crew anyway but um well, i was that, joking that, about that, that comment for, uh, from berserk <laughs> these oh, guys aren't <laughs> famous enough to just talk about yeah. anything yeah, we we aren't famous enough to have a uh what was it a generalist General. humor podcast or something. It's like yeah. we don't care about your thoughts and opinions on nothing. <laughs> uh um and for some reason when I think of that stupid phrase, I just think of the dumb Dax Shepherd the armchair oh. expert or whatever. Oh, shit. oh. oh god. My little mini like fan or a mouse fell. Yeah. Just uh keep keep vamping. I just gotta pick oh, up my yeah. fan. <laughs> Yeah, but uh but yeah but the the important the the extra important part of that first 15 minutes is explaining that on the sliding scale we all we do tend to be half you know one foot in one foot out right of yes we believe in the paranormal but we are 
we're kind of on this on the the lower end of the spectrum um i'm on the spectrum at that that uh uh that it is it is probably mostly people and their own conscious energy projections and not always some some other bigger force or as we learn at the end of this it's like not just quote a ghost right this is a, a this is a paranormal intelligence of a far greater capacity right and so and the and they introduce that in the beginning because and they they say like the kind of the tagline in the trailer if you guys have seen the trailer at all is nine times out of ten people send us these objects and nothing happens they are not haunted for us we believe the people that sent them uh because their people have nothing to gain from sending their objects to them other than negative scary experiences stopping hopefully right and so they get these objects sent to them for their for their paranormal museum and uh and you know they're they're trying to be like greg and uh not greg um uh the Warrens, right? Uh, Fred, was it Fred and Elaine Warren or whatever from the con- the Conjuring couple, right. right? But not be scam artists like yes. those people. <laughs> yeah, but not be charlatans like they were in a lot of respects. But um, so they get these objects and they say like nine times out of ten, they don't have any of the same haunting experiences or paranormal experiences that the people that sent them did. Um, and, and most of the time, if they do have something, it's, it, it's something, but it's not the same as what the people had. So, which then has led them to believe like that's been their experience for years and years with dozens and dozens and dozens of, I think they have hundreds of objects in there. And so that, I mean, it makes total sense where it's like, oh, it's still fascinating where it's like, this is crazy that objects can be imbued with some sort of emotional energy that can animate them, that can uh, cause a fucking entity to be visible and connect. You know what I mean? Like are, are these, so, so they're much more in like the pure, um, the classic egregorial um, and, and specifically more like the, um, the Tibetan Buddhism concept of the Tulpa, which is like a thought form, right? Um, See, uh, see all of twin peaks for uh, uh, a lot about Tulpas, but um, David, David Lynch, very much into all of this uh, kind of meta paranormal kind of stuff. But, um, but the, but, but, you know, if it's not, if the same shit isn't happening to them, you cannot then say it's this, it's this other consistent entity. That's the same ghost over there. And it's the same ghost here. Cause it just really doesn't happen very much for them. But the whole reason that they made this documentary is because the crone was very much not that it, 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 by the end of it, it seemed like something that was guiding them. Uh, it's, you know, a, a force that was greater than a mere disembodied spirit, somebody who had died, a, uh, a fucking, you know, whatever you want to call a demon or an elemental that was attached to something through a ritual, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and, and by the end of this, they feel like they were being led by, um, ultimately a Slavic goddess that that a lot isn't really known about because there really isn't a lot of written history with Slavic pagan religion. Um, yeah. Cause that part of Europe, just even when we went to like Prague and like, yeah. so the Czech Republic is just a nightmare because over the years, that whole well, area I have is pretty nice over here <laughs> by, uh, you know, Prague's have a bunch of monkeys, you know, I know it's crazy. It's, you know, it's not <laughs> um, but just from a history standpoint, like, all those countries boundaries and lines have all been mashed and everyone's conquered each other at some point yes. in time and yes. yeah, yeah. come through. So it's like, Oh, the, 
the Christians obviously won out, but there's just been so much mess over the years that, yeah, no one was really, like they said, like the Romans and, and Greeks, whatever, kind of birthed Christianity and then had written words and documented things where a lot of those pagan areas either a didn't have that or b was all destroyed if it was there right yeah um so it's just kind of lost to time unfortunately yeah so yeah so much of eastern europe was just like very um much smaller and less stable kind of city states um and so the culture like you were saying would like would mix and get destroyed and get blended and yeah you know and and basically when what was cool about this is i never i didn't really know a lot about that either other than like you know going through the the Holy Roman emperor's, um, castle that we went to in Prague, you know, that one day, but, um, but learning about how neo uh, pagans in, in Eastern Europe, who once they were finally allowed to worship anything again, uh, in public, you know, like without being, uh, put in jail in a gulag because of the, so the fall of the Soviet union, the, the, the mysticism, um, and the mystic, you know, uh, roots of their Eastern European religions really resurfaced again. But, but because like we were just saying, there wasn't a ton written down and there was probably just, there was mostly a lot of, um, you know, little statues, figurines, like ancient stuff like that sometimes. But a lot of it was just, again, like who knows how many layers of change and evolution and mixing this had gone through so that you can't really know the source yet. Right. And so, uh, so these, these neo pagans, now took took whatever information they could get from their local you know being eastern european um in bulgaria and and the slavic countries and things like that and have been doing their best to kind of recreate new versions that have some basis in it they're they're talking to this um russian uh hist like a russian uh theology expert and, and culture expert at one point like kind of kind of the last third of the the documentary and and uh and she's basically saying, like, like you were just saying, like, it's all kind of messy and fucked, and there's not a lot of of real uh, document documented um, theological history because it was such a mess. So, uh, but but there's this big this big trigger for why they even go down that path is because when they go to uh, the mountain <laughs> where it was originally found, they drive by this Slavic church that they've never even fucking heard of before. And, uh, uh, well, that the whole all, town is Slavic and they're like, yes, we don't even yeah. realize. Cause again, and Bobandi can probably speak to this, but yeah, there's just areas in the East Midwest, even that are just like fully that culture and those people kind yeah. of leave, but it's just it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And so that triggers them to, uh, be, oh, and because they see like a big kind of statue thing that looks a lot like the carved statue and they look into it. And, uh, you know, talk to this expert and, you know, she says it's a mess, but also they ask like specifically, I think Carl asks off camera, he's like, so because there was, she, cause she's telling him there's all this competition after the fall of the Soviet union between Orthodox Christianity and all of the, the resurgence of the Eastern European pagan religions. And they did not like each other, right? The people, there's a lot of competition. The Christians right. were gaining Christians uh, hate. I mean, a lot of real, I mean, a lot of the Abrahamic religions just hate other religions or yes. hate each other. Right. Cause they are for being all humble and whatever. They are so narcissistic in that. Yes. They have to be the absolute correct ones. Yeah. And, and it's because learning about 
Gnosticism has just been so eye-opening for um, understanding the roots of of Judaism and Christianity because it explains so much as to why the, the biggest problem that most people have is like, that's cool that this guy, Jesus, you know, he was really nice and kind and talked about not favoring any one person and loving everyone and trying to, you know, help people that are needy and they're more important than people that are rich and, you know, not to love material things. All those are good things. But then you have his father who is him, who is this God that literally wants to destroy every other God that ever was believed in out there. And, and this is why the Gnostic Christians were like, because that isn't the real God. The real God is pure light, pure creative force, nothing destructive, pure togetherness, pure love, pure oneness, all that stuff. And this God is a, is a God that basically was a, a dream of the real God that became God and created matter, created the physical universe. And therefore in the Demiurge, which you some might've heard that term and all things that are made of matter are just an illusion and just literally just prisons. We're all just like meat prisons for this divine light, which the Gnostics do at least believe that Jesus is actually not the son of Yahweh of that God, but the son of the real and, you know, an aspect, an instant, an instantation of the real, <laughs> um, God that is behind all of this. Right. And so, uh, true. Cause he's trying to say, Hey guys, you don't need all this stuff. You just need to realize that you have a divine spark in you and you're part of it and treat pe- treat other people, spread the word that that is the case. And you're all part of God and we'll all return one day to this oneness and, uh, and don't worry so much about all this material shit that's going on. Don't get obsessed with it. Don't get bogged down by it. You know, realize that you're a part of something greater than basically this prison that you've been trapped in, you know? And so understanding that, uh, it really, it really helps you to see why, yeah, why, why Christianity in general is so, so anti any other, um, uh, religion being true in, in any sense. Right. So, uh, because, sorry. And because the Demiurge, you know, says like, I am the one true God, all others are false and, you know, went to battle with the Egyptian gods and all that stuff and caused the plagues and all this crazy stuff. So that's where you get the very vengeful, uh, Abrahamic God. So anyway, um, the looping back to the beginning of the documentary, that's, what's so cool about it too, is like Greg and Dana and crew are trying to be the oh, this isn't, this isn't a demon. This isn't something that hates Jesus or hates Christianity. Right, right. And the first thing it does when they get it in their house is literally rip a uh, crucifix up. They, they rip Jesus. Well, the corpus off the cross. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and it's just, it's, it's little arm is just uh, left on one of the nails. And that's, that was just the beginning of one of the Craig. A, I mean, A, it started moving around the the um the crown well, yeah that's some of the evidence that's crazy is this they're why i don't know why they were filming it but it was an overnight they always have that camera in their um just oh in the room just yeah, to in see that main room happens. where they keep all the objects that they keep out and not in right and stuff so basically there's is it just taking pictures or video it's time lapse yeah so it's like okay. it's taking like it's like a it's a uh, what do they call it? it's a trail cam so it's trying to capture right. any movement that happens. okay because so yeah because you get like what two to three movements right of this totally still doll yes. wooden i would assume heavy ish uh yeah totem doll thing and nothing else moves and that's the craziest yes. part and the and and the coolest part too is that uh 
it, it's almost as if this, you know, as if they were chosen specifically because they are also not orb people. Like they are not light anomaly people. Um, they, they believe that orbs are kind of a joke most of the time and, and just can always be explained by, you know, something weird with the camera flare or whatever camera lens flaring or something like that. I don't always agree with that, but, um, but they very much were like, not only was there an orb here, but it had its own light source, which you do not usually see with orbs, right? Orbs that are usually just kind of artifacts of whatever the the camera or whatever, uh, don't do that. And I don't know if I've ever seen that on like a ghost adventure either, where they capture lots of light anomalies cause they have to kind of fill the space, but, uh, with evidence, but the, that orb thing was really cool where it shows the flash of light and caught and casting a shadow on all the other stuff there for like one or two frames too, which is really fascinating. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, they, they, it's, it's moving around, it's bipping and bopping, it rips, um, this off the wall. But I mean, that crucifix was they, like he said, it, it was like loosely nailed to the wall, which would have meant that something with two hands would have had to hold the crucifix to the wall and rip it, rip the Jesus off of it. Because not only it's not like they ripped the little Jesus figure and broke all of his limbs off that were nailed two of the nails, the, the nail holding the feet and the nail holding the left hand were also removed from the wood. So he didn't like braille. The one arm broke as you would think it would broke if it fell Just or something, right? It was yeah. still stuck with the nail. The arm's still there, whatever, right? But this thing pulled those two nails out or enough with enough force on that side to pull those out. So also just again, really cool, subtle things that make it like, oh, we can't explain that this just fell and broke, you know, like right. <laughs> something that falls doesn't pull nails out of solid wood. You well, know? also so, it was on a single nail. So I think the whole yes. cross would have had to fall. Exactly. Right, yes. For all of these things for it. Oh yeah. To it's not still just on the wall. Up. You're right. Yeah. Right. That was the whole point. <laughs> uh, yeah. The cross is still on the wall with the little arm just dangling there. So, right. um, but, uh, and then, uh, so they're like, well, that's, that's crazy. But again, being more open-minded and more, and not, you know, not so much about the trees, but the forest, right? They're like, so yes, we could sit here and say, oh, this means that it's an anti-Christian demon that's doing this, right? And, and it's like, no, it means this act means that whatever is in this thing is angry at that symbol, right? And there could be a billion reasons for that, right? But Again, cool that they're keeping an open mind because even if it was, oh God, we did find out it was a, you know, it was Azazel that this, uh, you know, right. Nephilim that they call a demon that was this, I don't know, whatever. Right. So, uh, but they, they don't, but anyway, uh, so that's evidence, like kind of big evidence one when they first have it in their house. And then, uh, <laughs> Dana's they're, they're very, they're a little freaked out by it, but they still keep it out. Uh, Dana is out in the living room one night. Uh, I think the next night or something or soon after and calls out to Greg <laughs> and she's like kind of freaking out because there are two big wet footprints on. Oh, yeah. Cause they're like, she's like, did you do something couch. like right after taking a shower? <laughs> she said, did like, you like, come out of the shower and immediately stand on this couch to change the light bulbs in the ceiling? <laughs> and he's like, I, Greg's like, I just started laughing. Cause why the fuck would I ever do right. that? You Your know? first re- neat yes. jerk response um, out of a shower. <laughs> and uh and and then keeping in mind which we didn't say before but the 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 main um experiences that the people the two dudes that kind of owned this thing before had was 
uh, wet, muddy footprints around their house, literally seeing an old hag, wet looking woman figure uh, and hearing her breathe, I believe. Um, and uh, the dog also freaking out yeah, and, then, itself. and then showing um, or the, and then finding more wet footprints and stuff, too. So the wet footprints thing is a big is a big clue here. So um, that was scary enough. They take pictures of it. They show some real pictures from back in 2016 when this happened. Pretty distinct uh, humanoid footprints on the back of this couch. Um, and uh, uh, and so then they they leave the room for a minute and they hear like a thump. <laughs> and Greg goes back and sees that the fucking statue, which was on the coffee table, had rolled like four or five feet off the coffee table and under the entertainment unit where the TV was. And the TV is not mounted to the wall. It's on its little stands, right? So he goes under there to grab it. And Dana rushes over and grabs the TV because it's falling on him. And uh, it would have fallen on his head, he said. So uh, basically, he was like pissed off. And he's like, you know, he's like, I don't usually do this. But he's like, all right, if this is how this shit's going to be, uh, I'm going to put you back in this box, lock it and put you in a fucking drawer. And you're going to be trapped in there because I'm sick of this, right? Which I, I am curious. Again how a box would stop this right 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 like what protection does the box have like i feel like if this thing's just around you like why is that does it need to be exposed and and maybe that's just an answer because it has to have your energy of knowing well, or seeing it or something right. but well and that's the thing too is like you can ask the same question then as why have these nails and a piece of noose from walmart bound it to something you know what i mean like the box well, yeah, yeah. The- i mean whatever happened bound it but i'm just saying like just putting that though in a box is like right right no yeah and you're you're totally right right because yeah on a on a i don't know mechanical level you're like well if this thing doesn't really have a corporeal body then who cares right but it was more this was more about greg like like basically and we'd skip that sorry they talked to it nicely on the coffee table after they found the wet footprints they're like hey we're not sure what's up with you but it's okay if you stay here but if you can please stop scaring us or messing with our stuff we are happy to have you stay here we're happy to what you know whatever right yeah and what do you so, need what do you want and then it basically like tantrumed out and said no i'm gonna throw the tv on you and like so he's just like well fuck you too then right i'm gonna put you in the box right because it's more to me it's more like with all of their experience it's more of the symbolic aspect of all right you're gonna be a baby i'm gonna put you in timeout yeah kind of thing. so uh but uh anyway so it's in the box for quite a while i think for like a year and 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 kind of to to answer your point, like nothing, they don't report that anything really happens in that year. Right, right. Which it is weird. Point. Well, because they definitely talk about it in their roadshow because people know about it. Yes. And it's weird. And I'm not saying things like fishy or whatever, but I'm just saying the only thing that's weird to me is that they're so afraid of it. I don't know why they travel with it and then n- never bring it out until the, obviously the one time they did. Right, right. Yeah. Like so, if well, this thing I, was so wacky and we're not going to show anyone, I wouldn't, Yes. Waste my oh, time oh, or whatever. Sorry, sorry. One more thing. This will answer the question too. Uh, after that is when Dana also wakes up and sees the old hag wag figure yeah. uh, coming through the door at night. And Greg says he, he admits he's like, I didn't see it, but I've been with Dana a long time and she is never that scared. Like right, she is right, never right. that freaked out. And so, um, uh, so after that experience scared, I think that's when they were like, we're putting it away. Yeah. Um, but I think they had already put it away and then that happened. Right. And so, um, and so they decided to wait to, to bring it out until that Michigan Paracon, I think, 
Well, because uh, some guy was like begging them. That's all. Oh, like, yes, you're right. Yeah, you're know. right. Yeah, someone wanted to see because they're it. like, it's here, and yeah. someone's like, I must see the hag yes. or not the hag, but the crone. But yeah, the crone. Um, why did they call it the crone again? Uh, because the original redditor people, when they did a little bit of research, ended up calling it that. Okay. Okay. Right. So, um, and then and then when they started when they saw the figure, uh, well, the and the the figure that was reported to by the sorry the redditor people did not call it that. They described how it looked. And that is the classic view of the crone, like a vision of the crone, which is a, you know, a haggard kind of wild woman that's old, breeze heavy, like all that stuff. Not always necessarily muddy, but uh, the crone, the hag is an, is one of the like two, one of the three main archetypes of shadow people that are seen during sleep paralysis. People see either the crone, the, a normal kind of shadow man or the hat man. And so um very very common archetypical paranormal encounter with sleep paralysis and just shadow figures in general but uh the so yeah the guy asked for it um and they decided to take it out because michigan paragons paracons like the kind of the biggest paranormal convention i think and um which i would i want to go there because i think it's back on as of this past year mm. but uh because they're always there and john tenney's there and i think sprague's been there a couple times but uh Oh, and also filling in, that's what I was going to say. Sprague reminded me, they, they've they talked about the crone on uh, Somewhere in the Skies. They've talked about the crone on uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club and other podcasts before. And because, you know, this all happened in like 2016 to 2017, 18. Uh, and so they, and so Hellier kind of crosses over with that at some points in the beginning of that, that investigation too. But um, they talk about how it scared them so fucking bad like because they've told the story of the wet footprints before they're like we right. and, and they, they you know in very simple podcast interview way they're like we really didn't believe very much that things would ever manifest in the way they do in like horror movies but that was like that was the time where they were like the fucking gnarliest most physical evidence they'd ever seen before right, right. not footprints in some dust but like literally water and mud on the ground manifesting from blood or ketchup and And melted marshmallows and stuff. Uh, but, uh, uh, so anyway, they bring it to the, the Paracon all hell breaks loose when they take it out. Um, some guy starts like having a seizure and like bleeding out of his ears or something. Yeah. Cause basically they said it started as like a tidal wave where they take it out like the booth next to them, like a soda spills out of nowhere, oh, yeah, all, all these books. books. Yeah. Like literally lights are flickering and things are shaking to where it then like crescendos with this guy, like yeah, having like a gnarly seizure and bleeding out. And then yes, like it was just this woof of energy, just right. shotgun through as, as if it had been built up for the past year being stuck in the, oh, yeah, it was edged the whole time. Just yes. waiting yeah. <laughs> uh, for that sweet <laughs> release. Massive. Uh, a massive, massive uh, positron pack all yeah. over the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> basically of goo. Yeah, all they need is a Nintendo controller, and they would have been fine. <laughs> I mean, hey, funny little synchronicity. Janos from uh, Ghostbusters Two, Eastern European kind of a Slavic, oh, right, 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 character, but as is, as was Vigo, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So right. they, basically, they were like, okay, so not only is this thing not being haunted by us, <laughs> you know, it's not just our psyche. Not only was it then pretty pretty positively true that, that what happened to the dudes on Reddit happened to, now amongst dozens or hundreds of people, yeah, fairly public place, shaking, you know, 
um what'd you say sorry like in a very public place yeah it was just like all the shit happened and the guy ran over and was just freaking out saying like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll never ask for this again like and gave it back to them i shouldn't i shouldn't have had it out yeah yeah and and so i mean and and hey to be fair even if i wasn't zach bagans i'd be like man this thing is fucking bad bad news man (laughs) like it's 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 hurting people it's scaring you know all that kind of stuff right so which i wonder how much zach bagan hates that they unbound this thing and got rid of it it, yes exactly yeah exactly (laughs) um but uh but yeah so then we get to i mean the coolest to me like kind of the coolest part of the in terms of paranormal stuff, like evidence stuff of the, of the documentary is the scanning, the 3d scanning of the object while Dana is in Estes method for like two hours straight. And so that part, I like 10 minutes in there is just like so compelling and fascinating because like the, yes, I mean, yes, it's edited down for time, but the Estes method that the Estes method methods that they do between this and Hellier are like, they're just so open. It just shows that like they're super open to anything that comes through and not like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, Randy Jenkins, you, you were said to have died here. Is this you, you know, like and shit like that, where it's like, right. you know, Zach and the crew, oh, he said, he said of, of course, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> and then just replete that. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said, of course. Uh, but, uh, it, they're just, they, they always get such fascinating stuff. And then we've done Estes method before too. And I feel like we've got we got better evidence on our spirit box than fucking the Ghost of Interest crew almost ever has. And so right. um the whole time, like everything that she repeated what she was hearing was exact like a perfect intelligent response to what was going on with their buddy, which fun little cameo from him in Hellier, and now he's here. Um Greg's friend, I can't remember his name, but he's the kind of Matt shorter squat guy. Oh no, yeah. The Matt haunted Matt. Yeah, yes, because uh cause in Hellier uh he volunteers to be um hypno regressed but have a memory implanted of an alien abduction experience which like they they go through all these ethical questions in hell you're about is this oh yeah i forgot about that is is this a, is this an ethical thing because they're basically trying to test uh what anthony peak would call the egregorial hypothesis like if we implant this in someone's consciousness does it then retrocausally become an egregore, like become a thought form, become a, an actual memory that is right. affecting their conscious as exactly as if he knew for a fact he experienced it himself in real life or whatever, right? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's back. He's a 3D scanner and printer, which I didn't know about, but they he was part of Greg's original like nerdy ghost hunting crew in their teens. And so um, they're 3D scanning this thing. They're talking to it. Um, and, and long story short, the scanning goes pretty well, but the whole while, like Dana is getting like now multiple voices coming through this, this voice, um, keeps saying that its name is Bidum, which seems like oh, right. the, the controlling, like kind of evil voice in there. There's, she says there's a really sad woman's voice that keeps asking for help and saying, no, stop, like whatever. When, when all the light beams are being, you know, scanned around it and Dana's even feeling a little like stingy pain in her body it, and she can't see this. She can't see that it's being scanned. She doesn't know what the hell's going on. So, um, but they yeah, the crazy part at, with, at, even just at this point is that even though it's a 3d scanner and he passes it like many times, the nails and the eyes don't get scanned. Um, and it's very like at not even like divots of where those nails should be, which is very interesting, but, and who knows, maybe just they were too reflective or I don't know, but he's like, I've never had that problem with anything metallic before. So, um, but then, 
Um, so they get the full scan, very interesting SS method. And then when he is compositing, uh, and doing post kind of post-production, cause the whole point of them scanning is that they want to, to rebury and do the, do a, some, they don't even know what ritual yet, but they want to return the crone back to where it was buried. Um, and without any idea of a ritual yet, but because of what happens here and the Estes method, um, they, they want to make a mold of it, right? They want to, they want to keep an example of the crone forever, which I'm, I'm pretty positive is the prop in the documentary. Oh, I'm, yeah, sure. You're using, right. That's like the whole kind of like closing the loop thing with Tyler in a little bit. But, uh, so, but as the guy, his friend is going through the post-production, this part was, this is like, to me, like the scariest part of the whole thing, not because it's utterly terrifying and jump scare, but it's so (laughs) disturbing. So like he, He's trying to make the mold, but the the noose um, that was wrapped around it got kind of like messed up in the um, uh, thing and they want to remove it so they can also maybe find find out also what to restore that the crone statue seemed to be holding that is now gone between its hands. And so to remove the noose, he had to kind of Photoshop like 3D Photoshop, like cut cut the head off of the body, remove the noose part, and then he was going to kind of reconfigure it right in post-production. And but when he did that, what happened when he removed the noose was that the appearance of like upside down fingers were like forming out of the bottom half, like the neck hole, even though there was no hole, but like yeah. the neck portion of this, this statue. And it's like, I, I could have never in a billion years predicted that that would be part of this documentary. Like it's so fucking weird and creepy like because the the fingers even have fingernails indentations on right. them and stuff and so uh and again if we're taking this at just face value if if we believe that there's some consciousness in this thing it's simply just trying to say i am trapped in here and want to get out right like the, and and these fingers clawing their way out or something that your mind can understand you know that that's what that means but the the dude the 3d scanner guy he's like I, I wasn't even touching the mouse and this shit was rendering, you know? Right. I was like doing it on its own. Kind it's of like thing. fucking, it's so fucking weird. Cause they but, never 3d print it. They just do the cast. Right. Exactly. Yes. Because the 3d print was like freaked them out so much. They're like, we're not going to 3d print this horrifying, you know, thing that isn't yeah. accurate to what it is anyway. Right. So, um, but again, this is how, when you really pare down everything in existence i mean the the penny royal stuff started me on this this all these discussions and Anthony peak really like continued to close the loop about information and even like dr gallimore like alien information theory like scientists now quantum physicists are are trying to and writing papers to try to prove that information which has been tested to have have matter have to have uh like like um weight like matter to it so information should be the fifth element of the universe so there's space time um gravity light and 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 information should be like the other core thing um because our dna contains information like all you know it's this you know the information um that is out since the beginning of the universe is also likely what explains how only 6% of the universe is like actual matter that we can detect and the rest is dark matter and dark energy. Then it could just be that there's just layers and layers and layers of info and we're just seeing this one little slice of it, you know? So anyway, my point being, if this, if this non-corporeal conscious entity can, uh, is just a being of information technically like we all are too, 
but it doesn't have the physical limitations like we do, it can manipulate information even in a fucking 3D scanning you know, platform, right? Which is what ghost mm-hmm. hunters would say for the past who, however long, right? It's like, oh, it's it's detecting, our, you know, it's showing up on our EMF detector. It's, you know, turning a light on or like whatever, right? But so it's nothing new, but it's just cool that it's like this very specific and even a creative way in this software platform, you know? But um, so anyway, at this point, they're scared. They're, they're, they're like, we got to get the crone back to its resting place, blah, blah, blah. But then on the like they're like we have to go now like we have to go in this window back to the Catskills mountain where it was found uh because otherwise winter might come early and Jon Snow will be there and Khaleesi will be there and they're fighting with dragons and whatever but uh no but they're they're they got to make it up they, if they're going to hike up this mountain they can't be doing it in snow it's like too dangerous so uh, and the, the hiking trails will be closed so they go at the end of October which has a lot of significance at the very end of the documentary um, but on this journey is where they find the church that we talked about and the Slavic connection. And then they do more research there and like all this stuff. So, um, understand they, long story short, cause we're, you know, I know Steve, you have to go pretty soon, but, uh, they, oh, we got, they, yeah, 20, they basically minutes. find out that this entity is a representation of a goddess called Mokash, who is kind of a goddess, a goddess of, you know, fertility, you know, the, the, the crops of cows, of women, like of, of flowing water, like all this interesting right, stuff. They hold a bucket of water traditionally. And that is likely right. what was missing from, um, her right. hands, right. was a bucket of water. And so, um, and, and then, so then long story short, again, the theory becomes that in this small area of, I think New York, upstate New York and, you know, the Catskills where this, where the Slavic church is, there are other Christian churches in the area. And so somebody it would not be out of the ordinary for somebody to some Christian to say, Oh fuck this pagan thing. I'm going to do a binding ritual to bind, um, you know, this, this, uh, uh, evil pagan goddess to this thing. Right. And so they do the noose, they do the the nails, which they found were available at a local Walmart. So there was nothing special about the nails and the, the rope that made the noose. Right. Yeah. Well, and also dates it, right. Cause yes, Walmart exactly. is only going to carry so many things for so long. Right. Uh, and the fact that it's Walmart. Right. Yeah. Proves um, that it's not a 300 year old fucking, you know, object right. Right. Or, or yeah, it just yeah. wasn't done. Like the wood sculpture might be old or whatever, who knows that part, but the, the cursing of it or whatever is yes, relatively mildly recent. recent. Yeah. And so, well, uh, to have rope in the woods, because that's where the dudes found it, right? Yes. That would decay over a couple of years, so it probably wasn't even yeah. out there that long. Yeah, being in a, it was in a pillowcase, in a locked box, uh, in, uh, with the, and then inside was the chrome with the nails and the, the rope on it. Because, yeah, the rope looks pretty clean and newish, too, so. Well, um, we're also, well, I guess we'd have to look at the video from when they actually had it, because obviously the new one's new, but they didn't weather it. Oh, I that's guess, true. But. Yeah, that is true, yeah. Um, but, uh, so they, after understanding all of this, they, um, regardless, even with all the, the Mokash stuff and whatever, they actually didn't write, like find out a lot of the nuance of that until much later. They really just wanted to, after the Estes method and realizing something was trapped in it, uh, this female presence seemed trapped or, or, you know, being tortured or something. Two things were trapped in this one. Yeah, yes, yeah, multi, yeah, multiple consciousnesses, right? Uh, almost like this Christian priest force was in there, <laughs> uh, keeping the pagan force down. So um, they want to take it up and go uh, do an unbinding ritual 
which is where the name of the documentary comes from. And, and Dana is a witch. And it is a really cool kind of special, like last like 15 minutes when they're doing this, because it shows like Dana has this whole digital coven of witches that she teaches in her like magic of the month things, like whatever, as a Patreon member of their museum uh, and shows clips from that. And then they do this really cool thing where it's like all of these women that are in her coven were all at this at a certain time. Uh, you know, like as it was turning from Thursday night into Friday morning at midnight on the 25th to the 26th of October in 2018, they're doing the ritual with them. And so it was a very like powerful, very like touching thing and a really cool thing because it's like, you're not sitting there. Most people, I mean, I wasn't, I know you weren't or Sarah was like, they weren't sitting like, Oh, witches, icky, evil Satanist, whatever. Like it was just like this. No, they're just these people who are trying to help this trapped entity. Right. And so they're doing this ritual and, you know, unbinding the nails. They have all the stuff they're going through uh, over and over again. They've created, you know, a circle, you know, salt circle, this, like all this stuff, um, like really cool kind of, you know, ritual out in the middle of this hiking trail on this mountain. And they unbind it. Uh, Tyler is with them too. Tyler Strand, who's a VFX artist who is, you know, going to make the mold after they unbind and everything too. But he helps, he does the noose part. And Tyler's like fucking crying, like as he's unbinding uh the noose from, he, from yeah he i mean i like him but he definitely seems like he's like more the over dramatic i really yes. want to he's an anime kid like he's not an so much play up right? things but i just want to believe so bad yes yeah, yeah. the crying i'm like eh, he's just a little too no wanty. i know I, I thought the same thing i i genuinely like him because he's so enjoyable no, to yeah, watch yeah. on the documentaries but he is the most dramatic which is really entertaining uh but he, yeah, you could consider him, he's not technically a drama kid, but he is adjacent because he's such a gnarly VFX artist and modeler and stuff like that. He's also like only 27. <laughs> he's yeah, he's like, what's way dude. older. Um, kind of like if Mac tonight was a human. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, or, or, or Woody, I think from, um, well, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 story yeah, yeah. Thought about it too. <laughs> but he really does look exactly like Woody without the hat. But, uh, but yeah, so he, he's having a moment there, but still, even still, this i believe he was feeling that and this whole thing where they were like he says like that actually it felt right what we were doing like they felt like instead of doing this ritual because they're trying to save their own ass from scary stuff they're doing it because somebody was trapped right and couldn't right. get out and maybe something spend or eternity you know trapped in this in this thing right or bound to it and so uh they unbind it they bury it they kind of give it like a little um uh well, they uh, mold that. it they what they cast it yeah, oh yes exactly yeah they go in the tent because that's um, the whole thing they're like we have to like unbind it and then right. cast it on the mountain and, and then do a bury box it. cast they call it, yeah box cast yeah and uh, yeah because later it kind of it ends with them <laughs> taking the mold out which came out pretty perfect too which is cool but um but uh, he's like still toasty <laughs> so he's pulling it out. but uh so they go down the mountain that's kind of the end of the present time uh, the present section of the documentary, but there's like 11 or 12 minutes left and they, they go into the connections that they found later that uh, Mokash, this goddess was a very gray area. They called it a thonic goddess who she was not necessarily associated with good or bad, but just kind of is um, live and let live kind of thing. But what was usually in, in Polish and Bulgarian Slavic lore um a, that she's associated with the Baba Yaga, which most people who've seen John Wick will <laughs> know that phrase. But or, I, I thought more so uh, Ant-Man. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the, the Denver's guy is Baba Yaga. Yeah. She's Baba Yaga. <laughs> uh, 
but uh but uh and also the tomb raider reboot in 2013 mm. is about baba yaga as well but um uh, but yeah, Slavic kind of kind of old crone figure who tended to be pretty nice was a little scary, but tended to be nice. But then also, there is a figure that was called the Kikimora, and the Kikimora is associated with um, Mokash, and the Kikimora has the appearance of a wild, muddy, wet hag who is naked and uh, dripping water. Um, and will go into people's houses and tends to steal babies if they are there. Sometimes right, haunted Matt had a, did we say that had a crib and like, that. yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wet Very his, his baby was out for the night at his parents' house um, because he brought the crone in to like, look at it for 3d scanning and all that stuff. And uh, his wife was like, we got to get this thing the fuck out of here because they, they walked up the stairs and there was wet muddy footprints up all the stairs and going up, directly to the crib of their their kids room and so um so that was this and, and they they only found that out after they started editing this documentary which is crazy and so probably in one of the hellier sessions they were probably talking about crohn's stuff right because um crohn's but, uh, they're showing it what's that crohn's disease they had yeah, to take exactly. shits and watch what they <laughs> uh and and then finding out that um uh Mokash's lore, right? Some of Mokash's lore is that she, she and this other God were married. Uh, she was, uh, coveted by this other God who ended up like eating her. So she's trapped in this God's stomach. Uh, and her husband, this other God races up this mountain to, to this other dude's lair and cuts her out of this other God's stomach. Yeah and sets her unbinds her from this stomach and it's like and it's like well shit that's exactly what we were doing recreating that same ritual and then the final uh like coincidence kind of thing is that oh and and the catholics the or the 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 eastern orthodox people created saint petka out of mokash you know, because as as most people know, like the the early Christians or whatever, even the Renaissance Christians, well, the would, Catholics just the Catholics would convert. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, fucking Santa Claus is Odin, and all you know, like they say, hey, we got a guy just, just like that, and he's a saint. You know, and, yeah, and the uh, easiest way to just yeah infiltrate convert. those communities. Yes, and so uh, uh, so Saint Saint Petka is the sainted version of Mokash, and. What is the date of her yearly feasting ritual that people that believe in her celebrate her on? It's starting on the night of October twenty or on the whatever the final the fourth Friday of the I month. I was gonna say it's the last Friday of October. Yeah. And, but it usually starts late on the Thursday before and goes into the night and throughout the next day, right. which is exactly when they were doing this on October twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. The ritual was literally being done as eleven fifty nine turns to midnight you know, over that time period. Um, oh, and also the coyotes went fucking nuts after the, the, like, like the, the nails second came was out done. Yeah. And they're like, we didn't hear one fucking coyote the whole rest of the night, which is crazy. But, um, and that's on film too. But, but yeah, so crazy, crazy synchronicity. And the last few minutes are like actually pretty, the, the most kind of important part of the documentary, because it's Greg and Dana talking about how this changed them. And so, that 180 effect, right? Of like, we were really starting to be on the, the team of, I think almost all haunting is pure. It's a co-creation, but it's probably mostly us, right? Somehow tapping into the energy 
in these energy, you know, frequencies that we can't usually deal with as humans, but our, our consciousness can and, and co-creating it. But they're like this time it felt much more like it was bigger and that we were being guided and all the shit that we found out just, you know, like the, within the past year before releasing this, it's, it all completely fits together. Like exactly as the lore of this, this goddess, um, this is, this is her story, you know, that we are now a part of a, a an echo of, you know? And so, yeah. uh, and Dana's like, you know, um, talking about what ultimately is like the trickster, whereas the paranormal is always this trickstress element element that that provides fear for humanity but through fear is the only way that humanity can grow and evolve and overcome right and so paranormal entities can't just be like oh i'm santa claus i wanted to give you a gift see you later like it's like what would you learn from that other than man i, I hope that santa claus comes again and gives me another present that yeah. was cool you know <laughs> he comes again uh, and he comes and again. might, and might comes even make again. you a worse person because then you just get greedy or something like that right you're but, just spoiled right so the trickster isn't tricking you just to fuck with you. It's setting up challenges for you. Right. So it's like can, having a, a dog or a pet, right? You got to mentally keep them stimulated. Ex- yeah, exactly. And things they yeah. might not like are good for them. Right. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, it was really, really powerful at the end there because Greg is like, you know, he's like, I fucking, he's like, I don't want to, I'm not, he's like, I know it sounds narcissistic. He said, Oh, this ancient God chose us to like do this, but he's like, I don't know how else to fucking think of this. That is, this is definitely more than a ghost. Uh, and we were part of something bigger with this and being led down this path, which is so different in some ways than Hellier, where the path is be- almost being like formed along with them, but then just being thrown curveballs constantly that then bring them down other paths, right? So again, that's why that's more of a big like meta story of this stuff. And this was a bit more of a directed, like a very like old school style movie about like a ritual right and understanding and and i that's when i told greg i was talking to him afterwards i was like dude you're, you're always talking about how you want to live your ghostbusters you just want to be ray stands and fucking in real life and that's all that's the whole reason you do all this and i was like you literally put a goddess from another dimension back into the nearest parallel dimension convenient parallel dimension that like you know with gozer and stuff at the end of uh of the first ghostbusters movie and he's like i know he's like and he's like believe me like he was like freak because he's he's like i we've never had a case like this he's he's like hellier is so different and yes it's paranormal but it's like this was just so like literally like we like we didn't really have free will with this it felt like we did but it's like it all led very specifically to a certain place as opposed to right. hellier's destiny is is us we we never know if we're leading it or it's leading us kind of thing you know so right um, but yeah, super, super like paradigm shifting for paranormal documentaries, but also having enough of the, the classic stuff that you want in a, par- a paranormal documentary, like the, the re- the scary reenactments and the creepiness and all that stuff. But there's never any like jump scares or anything like that. Um, we were waiting for it in the theater. Like, are they going to have shit go nuts? Is the dog going to get fucking killed or something like that? It doesn't, it's fine. But, um, but yeah, very, um, very thought provoking. Um, and, uh, and then obviously much more rich if you have watched Hellier before or will watch Hellier after this. So, and understanding that this was happening concurrently too, you know, that's always interesting to think about like, oh, they're, they're living there. You know, there's a whole 99% of their lives while this Hellier case is going on for years, uh, that they're living day to day too and having this other shit go on. So anyway, sorry, I kept you over Steve, but, uh, no, no, no. I, like I said, I had to like three 30. So, oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. 
So, uh, yeah, but no, yeah, solid. Highly recommend. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely worth it. Um, support these guys on your favorite streaming service. Uh, I think you can even rent it on their website on the um, mm. uh, what is it, Paranormal Museum? Hold on, because they were saying that some people were having trouble renting it or buying it on their streaming services in their hmm. region. So they set up uh, a thing. They set up some like little API on their website where you could rent it directly from yeah, some weird service they probably plugged in. Yeah. Yes. Um, so um, paramuseum.com. So, um, but yeah, anyway. Um, oh, God, that's a lot of. There it is. Yeah, paramuseum.com, Catskills Crone. There it is. So, yeah, you can go to their site. But anyway, I mean, Apple, that's Apple TV. I think it's all worked out by now. It came out on the 8th. So, Apple TV, Amazon. Um, any service where I think you can like buy stuff, not like Netflix right. or something. So, um, but yeah, uh, other than that, uh, thank you all for supporting us. We hope you enjoyed this. We hope you stopped and watched it. Um, or at least are, even if you listen right. to this, you should still watch it because we're only giving you kind of the highlights. There's a lot of, a lot more depth in it. So, right. uh, yeah, other than that, uh, thanks for your support as always. And we are, bye.